from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. 5th Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Just how big, how enormous is the Carson Beck news that he's coming back? Oh, it's it's huge, Bill, and I and I just published a story to that effect. I mean, this is the most important thing that's happened in college football's off season in terms of the 2024 season that Carson Beck is returning to Georgia. Uh, he's the most pivotal player that that was out there um, in terms of what he can do for the Georgia program and what this means for the rest of the free agent signing period. It's like we got to reprogram ourselves a little bit. I mean, this free agent signing period is so big in college football. You think about it, and, you know, we're so conditioned to recruiting, 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 and, you know, Georgia loses a recruit yesterday, and it's like, eh, so what? You know, that was that was going to help you in two or three years. This tells you that Georgia is in the hunt next year. Georgia's got plenty of time to get another quarterback, whether it's through the portal or sign another five-star next year. And it really just kind of uh, minimizes, I think, um, you know, some of the, the recruiting. Now, there's people that follow recruiting and will point out that these freshmen that are signing are absolutely the foundation, and you need to continue to recruit well. But the free agency period takes priority because it's the immediate. Who you get now determines next year. You might get one or two at this level, one or two impact freshmen, maybe. Caleb Downs, kind of a, a recent example at uh, – uh, at Alabama, Brock Bowers was a key, a freshman at Georgia. But that's kind of the exception, not the rule. Free agency, um, you know, you're looking at keeping Carson back in school with whatever negotiation and deal they worked out. You know, and now maybe Georgia moves on to ETN, the talented Florida back that's out there, another immediate fit for the Georgia program, guy that wants to win a championship and from all indications would fit the culture. And what kind of player is Gunnar Stockton as the backup? He's a backup. He's uh, you know been there a year, and um, you know why are we talking about the backup today? They just signed a quarterback that could have been a first round draft pick. I mean, it, if you're asking if they'll go to the portal to get another quarterback, um, you know now that they're only signing one top ten quarterback. Of course, they had two. Dylan Rayola flipped 
Um, going to school where his dad played, where his uncle coached, really not a big surprise in light of the circumstance. Uh, the question is, does Georgia carry three or four? Um, you know, Stockton's a, a mobile quarterback, um, you know, a, a decent quarterback. I don't think anybody, you know, is ready to declare him a championship-level quarterback. And uh, I don't know if Georgia goes out and gets a, another veteran quarterback through the portal uh, now that they've got a, a championship team with back-back, uh, uh, kind of a guy that would be ready to step in with some experience. I mean, we've, we've seen how important that is. Um, you know, I remember 2021 when – when JT Daniels, who won seven in a row, uh, you know, went down with an injury, it, it they had a guy in, in uh, Stetson Bennett who had had some experience as the starter. I mean, Stetson was third string behind Carson Beck, if you remember, and he actually jumped back in the pecking order because of that experience, and they needed to plug him in. So I kind of wonder if maybe Georgia goes out and gets an experienced guy in the portal at quarterback. Um, you know, there's a lot of other priorities uh, receivers are needed, an offensive tackle is needed. I mentioned ETN. Um, there's some key guys on defense. Georgia needs to make sure they bring back you know, guys that could go either way um, in terms of going to the NFL or coming back for another year. Griff, apparently, and I'm sure you've looked into this, London Humphreys from Christ Presbyterian here who played at Vanderbilt is, is going to Georgia. It's not confirmed, but I hear yeah. that's 100%. Well, that's great. I mean, that's that's exactly the kind of player that we're talking about. You know, when you think about Georgia losing Brock Bowers and, and likely Lad McConkey. I mean, it's not official yet, but unless something crazy happens, Lad's gone too. You've got to replace your top two pass catchers. And, um, you know, it speaks well for Vanderbilt that they're able to develop players that can go on and have success at SEC schools. And ATN at Florida, apparently George is the lead team there. Yep, we just we talked about that, and um, he's you know he's a great running back. I don't think he really got used a lot at Florida. Um, you know, kind of makes me wonder, you know, where does Georgia go with Dejon Edwards? I think Dejon probably needs another year, um, and he needs a he needs a really good off season. You know, he was injured last year uh, at the start of the season and missed the first couple games. I'd like you know I'd like to see him have a healthy off season and a healthy start to the season and. Um, you know, I think him and ETN would be a good one-two punch for sure. What happened with Marvin Jones? Um, I guess he wasn't good enough to stay at Georgia. I mean, they've got other really great outside linebacker prospects coming up. And, um, you know, sometimes kids, uh, you know, have needs or wants that, that don't fit, um, you know, Georgia's model of, of splitting time, um, you know, at these positions and rotating. But, uh, you know, I didn't think he had the impact that I think a lot of people thought that he might last year. And, um, you know, sometimes when that happens, um, you know, kids decide they want to go somewhere else. I'm pretty sure he's a legacy player from Florida State. So, uh, you know, you go somewhere where maybe you, you feel a bit more comfortable and, um, you know, maybe Georgia can't, you know, make you the promises or give you the deal that you want. So uh, not a big loss for Georgia. Um, a lot of talent coming up. Um you know, there's there's collateral damage every year. I mean, um, you know, look at Jamon Dumas Johnson. I mean, that guy was a uh, All American in 2021, or excuse me, uh, 2022. Uh, you know, suffered the forearm injury, had a few off season issues. You know, a couple young lions come up through the ranks, Raylan Wilson and C.J. Allen, and all of a sudden it's, you know, J.D.J. is going to have some competition at the position, and you know, probably has an NIL deal lined up somewhere else. Um, where he can go play immediately, and it's a sure thing. Whereas at Georgia, you know, he he would have really been in a battle for playing time with those rising sophomores. 
Mike the Mad Dog Noonan, Georgia. Ask Griff, does Carson Beck's decision to come back inspire other players to do the same? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, you've got a quarterback that can take you to a championship. I mean, if you give back, uh, you know, the healthy receivers that he had against Kentucky when they put 50 on Kentucky or when they put 50 on Ole Miss, if, 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 if Alabama plays that Georgia team, they lose, right? Um, I would also say that if Texas played the Alabama team that Georgia saw, that Georgia saw Alabama would have beat that Texas team. I mean, look, we're at a place now in college football where there's enough parity where when you play teams uh, has a lot to do with, with how you know what they're going to do. It's no different than the NFL. Teams get hot and cold, right? I mean, Philadelphia Eagles looked a lot better early in the season than they do right now. Um, you know, that's just the nature of the game. It's a brutal sport, and injuries and uh, physicalities and schedules uh, take a toll. And, um, you know, Bama caught Georgia at the right time. Give them credit, um, you know. But when Carson Beck and Georgia were rolling, um, I, I don't think anybody – uh, would have beat the Georgia team that I saw, uh, you know, early November, uh, mid-October. And tomorrow they'll start signing what right now is ranked the top class in America, recruiting. Yeah, well, by the way, right? I mean, yeah. but again, you know, it's interesting, though, isn't it, Bill, how, how free agency trumps that? You know, the immediacy of free agency, um, you know, and I know there's people that follow recruiting, and they always will, but but what's happened now with the portal is recruiting isn't the four-year commitment that you thought it was. It's, it's a year-to-year deal. It's a negotiation. And you hope that, you know, out of these 25 or 30 guys you sign, you hope that, you know, 12 or 14 of them get to the finish line. But the reality of it is half of them aren't going to make it through four years at an elite program. They're going to transfer out. And they're going to go somewhere else where there's a better deal. And, you know, if you sign at Georgia, you're pretty elite. Um, but then you got to take the elite of the elite that start, and then the ones that don't start, like or or don't pan out, or or don't meet expectation. You know, like like a Marvin Jones. You know, they they end up going somewhere else where there's a better opportunity for them. Hey, listen, uh, the ACC Player of the Year was a guy named Jermaine Johnson that was here as Georgia as a backup to Aziz Ajilari, and and uh, you know Georgia hated to lose Jermaine. Um, you know, and he went down to Florida State and and won ACC Player of the Year, and he's an unbelievable player, and he's still you know friends with all the Georgia players. Um, he left, and Georgia won a championship. You know, everybody got what they wanted. Jermaine wanted to start and be the guy, and you have all these all-American numbers, and and he was able to do that and be a first-round pick. It worked out great for him, and and Georgia went on and won a championship without him. It worked out great for everybody. So there's an abundance of talent at Georgia. Kirby's got it working. He's got the momentum, and Georgia signing Carson Beck serves notice. They're not going anywhere. They're going to be back atop the SEC battle in Alabama again next season. Jim in Brunswick, Georgia, says, Griff, what other needs does Georgia have portal-wise? Offensive tackle, wide receiver, uh, running back. Um, I don't know if there's any elite defensive tackles out there. Um, I think there's a couple that we've talked about before, uh, but, but those would be the ones. You can always even even as good as Georgia has been, probably better than anybody in America on the D line the last X number of years. But if there's a dude out there, I think you take him, no matter what. If Jalen sure. Carter's and, back, and Georgia I'd wasn't take one. Georgia wasn't great to be clear. Um, you know, you got to give Alabama props. Alabama uh, yeah. beat Georgia at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the line of scrimmage in the SEC championship game. Um, you can say it was because Georgia was worn down or whatever, but the bottom line is. Uh, Alabama was the better team uh, in Atlanta and deserved to go to the playoff. I mean, just make no mistake about it. The Crimson Tide got a second chance and a new life after losing to um, 
uh, Texas, and they came through the front door and, and beat a, a Georgia team that had won 29 in a row. Um, they Georgia forgot how to lose. Um, wasn't Georgia at their sharpest, but you know what? That's that's how it goes. There were games Alabama had to win. I think they barely got by Arkansas this season uh, when they weren't at their sharpest. So uh, football is a funny game like that. Um, I'll be real interested to see how the playoffs pan out. Um, you know, Georgia's going to play Florida State in Orange Bowl. They've got a streak of six straight bowl wins, six straight top ten finishes, 19 straight wins when Kirby's had more than a week to prepare. Um, seniors could be the winningest class ever. This would be their 50th win. Uh, so, you know, Georgia's got a lot to play for down there in uh, Miami as well. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. Griff, Merry Christmas. We'll see you next Tuesday. All right, I look forward to it, Bill. Thank you. There he is. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. Does a good job. Craig in North Augusta, South Carolina. Build it back. Get that four million. You got something. I'm sure he's well taken care of. What that number is. Who knows? I promise you it's seven figures. That's not a general answer. That well, that is a general answer. It's not a specific answer. Because I don't know. Gator Dave when we come back. Gators break down the podcast. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. We're still seeing heavy traffic volume on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. Coming in from Rutherford County, leaving Murfreesboro towards Nashville. It's starting to slow down a bit already on 65 southbound down through Bri- around Briley Parkway through the Madison area. Coming in from uh, Mount Juliet, also on I-40 out from Wilson County. We see that starting to pick up quite a bit. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is catering during the holiday season. Check out their awesome menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey, this is Darren. And this is Justin. And we are the McFarland weekdays from 2 until 4 p.m. And we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Hey, this is Damon Keene, producer for the McFarland Show, and I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, along with Pat Cook, John Burton, Greg Pogan, the Greg Pogan, John Burton Show, all of us wishing everybody the best of holiday seasons and even better 2024. 2023 was a great year. We're looking forward to more fun in 2024, and we thank you for your loyal listenership. We love the interaction. Keep the phone calls coming. Indeed. Holidays are about family. We consider our listeners very much a part of our family. Thank you for listening, and all the best during this holiday season from the Greg Pogan, John Burton Show. I'm Joe Fisher from the Mid-State Checkdown High School Football Game of the Week. From our family at WNSR to yours. 
Merry Christmas and happy holidays and a happy new year. Jackson Boone Racing. The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the Best of Rutherford County voting for Best Liquor Store and Top Wine Shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. He knows more about the oblong spheroid than any man in America. It's Bill King. It is Break Down the Podcast, heard on all the platforms. He has built an incredible machine over these years, worked his rear end off to get it there. Merry Christmas in the future here, Happy New Year's, all that good stuff for you, Dave. What's the feeling right now in Gatorland where it feels to me the Texas safety flipped, which I guess was expected? Yeah, Bill, it was uh, it was expected. Um, making sure you got me clear. I'm actually I'm actually coming through you through, through the podcast board since we're doing Zoom. Clean, so, uh, I might, nice and clean. Yeah, I might even sound better there. But um, good. I'm glad you got me. But yeah, uh, it's it's kind of been a roller coaster, Bill, for the Gator fans the last few days. Um, but going to your and it is the main topic, of course, is uh, one of the top safeties in the country, one of the top defenders in Florida Gators 2024 class. Xavier Filsimi flipped to Texas yesterday and. You know, you, we've, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks and how likely it was that this was going to happen. Uh, and, yeah, it, it happened right here on this Monday. I wasn't sure. He, he's coming off an official visit to Texas. Of course, Florida had some in-home visits last week as well to maybe try and keep the steam that was uh, rising for this one, uh, try to keep it down a bit. But in the end, I uh, was not able to, to to keep him in the class. So, and Bill, so, you know, of course, I, I think – couple ways to look at it is, you know, one of the dangers of going five and seven uh, and recruiting out of state. You know, a lot of a lot of Florida's top guys in this class are out of state. And 
of course, when you have the record and have the performances Florida had this past year, all, all those in-state schools and I mean, other schools as well are just going to kind of maybe start chipping away, and that's exactly what Texas did. They didn't let up, and you know they came in kind of late, but then Florida's defensive back change uh, with Corey Raymond maybe play a little factor here as well where some familiarity at Florida went away uh, it, for, for, for Phil Simi. So kind of just opened the door for Texas, and uh, Florida ends up losing one of the, the the top pieces of this class, Bill. And it's been a storyline that, you know, even we followed before the season when Florida had this big summer run and was up to number three in the recruiting services. So, uh, what, what would the season hold for Florida, and how would that affect uh, the recruiting class? And I think we've seen uh, throughout the last couple of uh, months now that uh, it certainly had an effect on Florida's class and being able now to maybe even hang on for a top ten class. Joe down in Boca wants to know, will Billy Napier soon hire an offensive coordinator and or special teams? Um, special teams, Bill, I, I think it will be different. I don't know if it will be a coordinator per se uh, that is just one guy over the special teams on game days. Um, I know people want to see that just because of some of the mistakes that Florida has, has made on special teams the last couple of years, but I do think it will be reimagined. I'm still not sure if it's just one special teams guy. I mean, um, there's a lot of teams out there that don't have a special teams coordinator. And that doesn't mean Florida should she, you know, should be one of those, but given the issues that we've seen. Uh, but a lot of teams split duties on game days between special teams. So I don't think it would just be doing the same thing they've been doing. Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure it's just one guy. And as far as offensive coordinator goes, Bill, I, I go back and forth. And, and this, this is a lot of what I'm hearing as well. I do think something would change along the offense, kind of going maybe along the same way here. Uh, Willie Korn's name has come up, the Liberty offensive coordinator there with Jamie Chadwell uh, from um, Coastal Carolina as well the last couple of years. Uh, his name's come up. He has the familiarity with Napier at Clemson. Uh, his name has come up a, a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, started gaining some steam again. We'll we'll see if there's anything there. Liberty's got their, uh, of course, their big bowl game coming up, and um, maybe something happens after that. But um, I think uh, that's kind of the the name to look out for. Maybe why it hasn't happened yet with their their their, their bowl game coming up, and Billy Napier just kind of waiting. Um, but at, at the same time, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know because I mean that's Jamie Chadwell's offense, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, we. We hear about assistants all the time is, you know, can they be successful when they go somewhere else? And um, if somebody like Corn is the guy, you know, would it be him coming in purely taking over play calling duties, which I'm sure would be a step up for him uh, to get out under uh, Chadwell, maybe prove himself a bit uh, in that regard. Uh, but that's uh, kind of the hot name if, if we want to go along with some offensive staff changes. Uh, for Florida, Bill, what that probably means is getting rid of the two offensive line coach approach uh, and one of those guys having to go. So uh, a lot of you know, maneuvering of the staff if they bring in another offensive assistant. Sam in Pensacola, ask Gator Dave about Joey Slackman, and you've talked about him on the show before, but anything new, defensive lineman. Yeah, Bill. I mean, uh, he came into the class on Sunday. Uh, it was a big, big pickup there for the Gators. Uh, he ended up last week, Bill, winning Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year. So, a uh, big pickup for the Gators. I mean, a big position to need there. He's going to kind of be that big body defensive end, maybe sliding the tackle a bit when he needs to. Uh, but getting an instant impact guy that they can really play up front now. 
Uh, and you know, losing Prince, he's not, he's not the same kind of player, but losing Prince to Human McGellan uh, and him transferring to Ole Miss last week. You know, Florida needs some help up front uh, along uh, the, the defensive line, and we'll see if they go transfer portal route for maybe an edge player or just rely on some of the young guys that they had last year. But this gives them a guy on the opposite side of that edge rusher that you know should be able to bring some pressure, maybe filter some of that pressure uh, or filter a quarterback towards some of that pressure for an edge rusher to to maybe gain in some sacks there. So it was a big-time pickup there for, for, for the Gators on Sunday, Bill. And that was their second pickup through the transfer portal on Sunday to get all this started. Uh, Florida had another one yesterday in, in Triquest Bridges from, from Oregon, but also got an offensive lineman out of San Diego State, Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon, played a lot of snaps over the last few years, played both tackle spots, gives them some position versatility. So you could tell early, Bill, in this transfer portal, Florida's really, really trying to hit the trenches uh, and, and get some help on offensive line and defensive line. Joey Slackman is this year's Braden Fisk. That's what I see in him. He's an interior defensive lineman that's strong. He's a he's a he's a very difficult guy on the block, and he's got some athleticism. I think that will be an impact guy. I really do. Yeah, Bill, I I, I completely agree with you. That was the first name I, I I thought of too. You know, coming from a lower tier and maybe yeah, okay, having to prove himself. Sure. Uh, but you know, it's um absolutely that kind of of player. Um. He was a former wrestler. Like he wasn't even playing football, uh, and then a couple of seasons ago, decides he's going to play football, and then ends up <laughs> here, you know, yes, six dude. foot four, three hundred pounds. And uh, in the end, Bill, I think it was between Florida and North Carolina. Uh, I know uh, the the visit to Michigan. I'm not sure it ever happened, but he was looking to go somewhere too with with high academic standards. So Florida, Michigan, North Carolina uh, were the schools that were uh, you know kind of rumored to be there at the end, but it seemed like it was a Florida North Carolina battle late. Florida wins out on Sunday. Several years I've wondered about this, and I've never asked. Is it Prince Lee or Prince, well, Uman Mielin? Yeah, it's Prince Lee, Uman Mielin. Okay. Because I was, I was looking around because I was watching Ole Miss, and one of them had Prince, well, and I couldn't – I didn't know yeah. where that came well, from. He does. He does have brothers that play. So okay, there you go. That's uh, that's where that comes from as well. Um, so yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's got some brothers out there too, and they all kind of have a same similar name. Now, what? Just just almost um, Evie's going to be with us top of the eye, but what kind of player is almost getting there? Uh, Bill, if I, for I, I I think he got criticized a bit too much uh, from 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 the Florida side this year, and um, I, I, I kind of going to the point I just made about Slightman, he didn't have any help on the other side of him, uh, and that, they they really were counting on Justice Boone uh, to be that big bodied strong side defensive end uh, that could create pressure from a from from a down lineman. Princely was your stand-up edge rusher guy, and you know he didn't. It was pretty much all him. If Florida wanted to get pressure from the outside, it was either him or nobody else. Uh, so I think teams could scheme around him a bit as well, just to kind of. Uh, you know, we, we saw it, especially toward the second half of the season, teams would start rolling out away from him, uh, not give him that chance. Well, okay, if they would have had some help on the other side, like I said, you filter some pressure back to him, uh, and he probably breaks up even more. So, I mean, he could stand to get better in some of the run support and, and run part of the defense, but as a pure pass rusher, uh, I, I like what he was bringing to the table. I would have loved for him to to stick it out for Florida with another year, uh, but they're, uh, for I think Ole Miss is getting a pretty good player, uh, and we see what they're doing in the transfer portal. We see who they might be still getting in the transfer portal on the defensive line. Princeton might be part of a really, really good defensive line next year if the, you know, the Walter Nolan rumors are true there uh, for Ole Miss as well. 
What else and how aggressive is Florida the rest of the way in the portal? Um, I think Bill, a uh, wide receiver, uh, and this is a former Grand Merch teammate there at Wisconsin, Kim Ray DK, uh, is a wide receiver there. Uh, put up a, a pretty good stats a couple of years ago, was not a good fit for Luke Fickle in the offense that they brought in. So uh, he, he hit the transfer portal. Uh, so that's a, the name I, I think to look out for. Secondary is, is, is another position um, that they just got, um, like I said, TriQuest Bridges from Oregon yesterday. Uh, he played cornerback the last couple of years for Oregon, but he's going to play safety for Florida. And he says that's his more natural position. He wants to play safety. Florida's going to let him play safety. So uh, they're getting some help there. I think uh, that they still want to add uh, some in the secondary. Maybe, and I'll go back to receiver, maybe two more, maybe maybe two receivers, uh, but besides DK as well, uh, to, to give Florida two. So, uh, and I still think, Bill, offensive line, one more time. I know you just got one uh, that I mentioned, but uh, offensive line, I think, could be another uh, a place Florida could hit. So, trenches uh, still, and I mentioned edge rusher. I still think, you know, with Princely gone, without having to rely on, I, I like what we saw from the young players last year, Bill, somebody like TJ Searcy, but I do think if you can, Get an established edge rusher to put on this defense, and you know, turn this defense around. It, it's got to be turned around fast. I do think an experienced edge rusher could play dividends as well. Gator Dave Gators breakdown. Gator Dave, most of you know, but if you don't, he's in the TV business. He works at News4Jacks.com. By the way, Dave, which affiliate is that? Uh, we don't have an affiliate, Bill. We're uh, one of the yeah most successful independent stations in the country. We've had independent stations fly in from all around the country. It's like, how do you guys do it? And um, <laughs> we the, the 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 fortunate part was we were one of the top CBS affiliates in the country uh, when or, you know for the longest time. And in two thousand three, uh, they decided to go independent. We were part of Post Newsweek stations, but now uh, Graham. Grand Media uh, is the is the is the umbrella, but as far as a network, we're not we're not tied to any of them, Bill, and uh, still number one station in the city. That's fantastic. My question is, you being in the TV business, and Carson Beck, recent news, he's mm-hmm. coming back. When's the first time going up there? That kid, you heard about him? Oh, let's see. This would have been. I can't remember the exact year, Bill. It had been 2018 or 2019. Um, working for the station, we, you know, we, we, during those years, we would kick off the high school football season. We would televise games. Uh, and one of the first games we televised that one, 18 or 19 was a, was Mandarin. And he was the quarterback here for Mandarin. And hey, look, I'm, I'm, I live about five minutes from that school as well, Bill. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but, he was, of course, a name that was getting hyped up. And first of all, too, not just besides that, uh, Florida was interested in him. You know, Dan Muller was head coach, and it was going to be between Carson Becker, Anthony Richardson, uh, as the way you know Dan Mullen was was going to recruit that quarterback class. So, um, kind of heard about him early, uh, early on, but really just to get to even know him a bit and talk to him a little bit and be around him, going to practices and. Uh, before your know, preseason practices, all that good stuff, where was about eighteen or nineteen, uh, and yeah, I, I, I could tell. And probably some local bias here as well, but I was like, okay, that, that kid, that kid's going to be pretty good. Uh, and uh, I, I think he exceeded expectations last year. Um, yeah. I, I think, of course, uh, at Georgia, being able to take over for Stetson Bennett, I think he played really, really well. It, it never looked too big for him. Uh, I think that was the biggest part for me, Bill. Him taking those first snaps as a starting quarterback and the, the situation, none of the situations ever looked too big for him. 
He had to make plays, too. I mean, he wasn't just a facilitator. He had yeah. to make plays and fix things on the fly, which he did. And, and, and you know, let's not forget, too, it was a, the time they were going through a coordinator change. You know, at, at the same right. time, Bobo coming back in as, as the offensive coordinator. So uh, him coming back gives him a second year. With, 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 I mean, they didn't change a whole lot of the offense, but uh, still a big change with your OC changing and your quarterback changing. And uh, that Georgia offense, you know, still uh, was able to kind of hum along pretty good. Gator Dave, Gators Breakdown with us. The eve of signing day. Dave, don't know about you. You're younger than me. But this December signing period, and we're not in the first couple of years, but it's relatively big picture new, is not nearly exciting as I remember February 3rd or whatever the first Wednesday was in February. It's not, Bill. I mean, you know, we're we're still in bowl season. You know, games are still being played. You know, it, it gave us something in February after the season. We kind of you know, had somewhat of a college football low in January. You still had visits and all that kind of stuff happening, but you know, you had some time to maybe catch your breath a little bit. <laughs> now it's in the season, roll right into visits and bowl game prep and college football playoff and sign. I mean, to me, it, it's too much jam packed into December. And look, we we all still pay attention to it because of just what we do and the, the fans we are. But I do think that February signing day just gave us a little bit of off season. Uh, topics here. Transfer Portal's kind of done that as well, but Bill, I, I, I kind of agree. I, I prefer the February uh, signing day, and I, I know the coaches <laughs> do as well. They don't, they don't like this. I don't know if it will ever change. Uh, go back. Uh, um, uh, they, they love for the calendar change. I think it is, like I said, December is becoming way, way, way too much uh, for, for, for coaches out there, and something's got to change. I don't know if it will. Uh, I don't know if you can put the genie back in the bottle for all of you know, NIL and Portal and the way the recruiting calendar is right now, but certainly um, I, I'd yeah. love for it to go back to February or, or, or something of the like uh, as well. Gators Breakdown. See you next week, sir. See you, Bill. Good morning. Wrapping up an accident over in Old Hickory at OHB at Lakeshore Drive. It's still pretty busy coming down Ellington Parkway right now as we check it out live from the top down to the bottom. It's still heavy 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. It's starting to slow over here on 40 west at Central Pike coming through Hermitage headed towards Donaldson. It's also a little bit sluggish down through Millersville as we stare at it live here on 65 southbound through that section of Sumner County. Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Start off the new year with a great job with a great company princesshotchicken.com has all the details i'm commander chuck with your on-time traffic oh oh uh open that one it's for me holiday instant games from the tennessee lottery best gift ever wait these tickets are already scratched yeah it was me i was just so excited but look we won Tis the season for epic cash prizes. This year, give the most winning gift of all. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, what game-changing fun. Let's play responsibly. Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. 
A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. This yeah. is just it. The Titans are trading Kevin Byard to the Eagles. The yeah, Eagles are going to send the too. Titans a fifth and sixth round pick and safety Terrell Edmonds. Well, they're giving up on that contract. There were also a lot of Titans fans upset about some of the comments he made, which I thought was insane. Big kaboom here on this Monday. <laughs> the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The world's largest indoor cocktail party, The Bill King Show. Top of the hour, the angelic tones. Old Miss Eve. Usually Friday, but this Friday we're we're just calling it in. I'm faking a sick day Friday. We will not be here. Faking a sick day on Monday, too. We'll be back Tuesday. Had to find a place, and I was talking to her yesterday. She said today at 8 would work for her. So Ole Miss Evie coming up in a little over 20 minutes. Just tracking the newsiness of this period we're in. And for now, that's the way it's going to be. Now, they keep tweaking the portal days. Last year, it was 45, meaning this starting December period into January. This year, it's 30. It's the same in the spring. It's two weeks, I believe 15 days in the spring, I believe mid to late April. They'll open it back up, but they've tightened it some, which might be the reason it feels like the stampede is even more aggressive. Tough to say because we've only got a few years of this. We don't have a wide swath of data when it comes to the portal portal impact. Someday we'll be doing the show. We'll be able to say, remember that year this team took all those players It didn't work out? Remember that year this team took all those players and it all worked out? It's going to be various instances we just don't have enough yet the thinking is the portal's easier because you have college players and you have how they played in college situations scoreboards on tough time how'd you do 
How'd you play in a difficult environment? High school, even though when you see a dude, you think he's going to be good, there's more of a projection, the theory is, than a somewhat ready-made, already has proven some items, some things, in college ball. But you can still miss there, too. There's still a miss factor there, too. And it'll be interesting, once we have about 10 years of this, we'll be able to go back and say, here's a pretty good formula of supplementing your roster with the portal as opposed to plant the seed, watch the plant grow, meaning high school recruiting. Start from the earth and work your way up. Build it. Build it stronger. We'll we'll have better data here a few years down the road. God knows what the whole atmosphere looks like at that time. Goodness knows. Did you see where, and a lot of people, I got a (laughs) a lot of folks on Twitter thought this was brilliant. Chip Kelly asked him, what would you do to fix college football? He said, I would separate out the top, let's say, 64 and create one league and rotate the schedule all across the regions and then have the other group the, the non-64-65, and he's talking about the teams that made up the SEC Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC Big 12, who I left somebody out. But, and that's basically the teams he was talking about. And you could make schedule uniformity, you could rotate it around, and that would be a fair system. That's a terrible idea. Couple that with, let me just pose this question to you. If you are the Southeastern Conference and you have, let's say you're the commissioner of the mighty Southeastern Conference Conference, right? You're you're, you're Greg Sankey. You're Roy Kramer. Doesn't matter. Are you going to give up power to join some big picture situation? Why would you give up front office superiority for a bigger picture, it's only fair idea? Why would you give that up? Why would you give up your superiority for a bigger picture, wide swath idea coming from Chip Kelly. Now, I think the new NCAA president would like this. The only problem is I think the idea would be break away from the NCAA, which means make your own rules. All these rules we're used to, 85 scholarship limit, etc. Some new leadership that's not NCAA related can have their own rules. Now, it has to comply with federal law like Title IX and all that, but, yeah, a lot of people, it's, it's so many people on Twitter, oh, my God, brilliant idea. Did you see this? Yeah, good luck with that. Why would I, as 
a leader in the Big Ten, a commissioner in the Big Ten, or a commissioner in the SEC, give up power for some big picture to make it all uniform? Yeah, that ain't happening. I don't think anytime soon. This is funny. Georgia dog. Bill, I don't know if you saw this, and you can't say it on the air, but Georgia's punter, Brett Thorson, responding to the news Carson Beck is back, and I know he's trying to be funny. It is funny. He says, well, bleep. Meaning, I guess I'm not punting much. Yeah, that is funny. I... I, I I approve of that humor. I do. All right, we'll get another break. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. A little bit of traffic volume still exists coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, up through the Hickory Hollow area on 24 westbound here through Smyrna, Laverne. Traffic still looks pretty good right now. I-40 past the airport over here in Hermitage, Donaldson. Now it's busy uh, coming off that ramp from Vietnam Vets on to 65 going southbound. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Prince's Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken, with three locations serving Middle Tennessee, south on Nolensville Road, 5th and Broad, downtown, and the new location at Tanger Outlet Mall. You can now order your favorite flavor of heat online at princesshotchicken.com. And don't forget dessert, including special holiday pies. Prince's Hot Chicken in three locations and princesshotchicken.com. Prince's Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken, in Tennessee, 967,430 people struggle with hunger, and 295,570 of them are children. That's one in seven who struggle with hunger, and one in five are children. People who are hungry are not necessarily living on the streets. They may be in your child's classroom, in your neighborhood, or just down the street. In addition, many of these people live in food deserts, which are areas more than 10 miles from the nearest grocery store. Often there are limited resources to get food, and the only option is fast food or convenience markets. While processed food may help with hunger pangs, it provides little to no nutrition. What began in 2008 as a dream to buy land, grow food, and give it away has recently developed into a way to serve and impact more individuals in the community. God has blessed our mission to be a healthy food source to those in need so much, By Faith Farm had to create a nonprofit to continue meeting the need in the community on a larger scale. Visit ByFaithFarm.com to get involved. That's ByFaithFarm.com. Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction, serving up to 45 miles from Nashville with quality and pride since 1994. Specializing in residential and light commercial, storm damage repairs, roofing, gutters, insurance claims, and much more. Call 615-484-1425. 615-484-1425. That's Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction. They're professionals who care. 
The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top-three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty, and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all of the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. like tackle football bill king does and you can connect with at bill is king on twitter or 615-844-5600 carson back says he is back going to Nebraska. Dante Moore to a place where he committed Oregon. Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, Gerard Parker, who did not do a good job, reportedly is leaving to take the Troy job. I will say this again. If you're a Notre Dame fan, and you're not having a confetti party right now. Let me put it this way. If you've been saving a bottle of Pappies for an occasion, you might want to crack it open. Maybe your offense will look coached. Maybe there will be a rhyme or reason to what you're doing offensively with this news. Now, it depends on who they hire. and That's not done. But that is at least something that could lead to some even better news for the fighting Irish. Ole Miss Evie coming up. They are the team. If you want to recognize the team that is doing the best job in the transfer portal right now, it is Oxford, Mississippi. It is Baby Kiff. Now, there are teams that have done quite well in the brief history of this new way of stocking a roster, that'd be Florida State. I'd say LSU's done a pretty good job, too. Now, they need an entire defense. They need a lot on that side of the bowl. But they have done a very good job. Florida State is probably the program over this brief period of time that I think has benefited and made the right decisions, whether it's impact, whether it's how the locker room responds to it, they've done well there. They have. To the tune of being 13-0 right now. Ole Miss is on the verge of a big year. Now, what that means once we get on the field in 24, we'll find out. They are on the verge now. Let me let me just explain something to you. Ole Miss is a bowl win away from winning 11 games that has never been done in their history. 
and they have an astronomical amount of players back, including a phenomenal high school recruiting class of defensive linemen. One of the best defensive linemen holes, regardless of talking about Walter Nolan and Tyler Barron and Princely Uman Mielin, names like that. Walter Nolan hadn't even done anything yet, but he's considered probably Ole Misses to lose. But their high school, the state of Mississippi this year, was loaded with defensive linemen. Big name defensive linemen. Highly recruited. Ole Miss got almost all the ones they wanted. I mean, that's a huge position and hard position to go get dudes in volume. Sometimes it's hard to get one dude that's real good. They are stocked very, very well. Now, you got to go out and you got to do it. And I know Lane Kiffin still has some detractors. He had a team at Southern Cal that was picked number one of the preseason and um, collapsed, basically. I'm not saying that's what happens here. Ole Miss ain't going to be predicted high like that. They may be predicted in the top ten, though. Yeah, they might be. Who was the quarterback on that team for uh, Southern Cal? Matt Barkley, right? Five-star recruit. Was not nearly as good as that recruiting evaluation slash ranking indicated it would be. But nonetheless... Yeah, we'll talk to her about that coming up here. I'm looking forward to it. Jim and Jupiter. Very important that you keep in mind chemistry. Before Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell got here, they knew the team would come first at Florida State. You would have to block, but at the end of the day, they would greatly increase their draft status, and it worked out. I would say it did. I would say they've done well. Now, you're not going to hit. Nobody's going to hit on all of them. But if they're going to come in and you're going to bring them in as a transfer and then there's money involved, you need a low level of busts. Remember, remember, we don't talk about JUCO recruiting anymore at all. It used to come up all the time. Now, there is still JUCO at play and JUCO recruiting, but it has been enveloped by this new way of doing things. Very rarely, if at all, discussed. I had rules that were mine for decades about JUCO recruiting. Unless you were in Mississippi with Mississippi Junior College football, which is phenomenal, or you're over in the Kansas area with that JUCO football, which is also ridiculously good. It's also pretty good in Texas. But unless you just have to, like your Kansas State or Mississippi State back in the day, I was warned against JUCO recruiting more than a couple of guys to supplement. Because if you bring in a bunch and it's a failure, you have just killed your layering when it comes to roster management. You have just bludgeoned it. Not as risky in the portal as it was in JUCO recruiting. There's always risk, but not like when we would talk about JUCO recruiting. There's a JUCO dude that could come in and play. I'm still for it, but got to be very careful.
Top of the hour coming up, Ole Miss EVD Angelic Tones. Tomorrow, Brett Ciancia, Blake Rafino. I hope to get Brett tomorrow in hour number three. And I got to find a place for Kevin Hagan before we finish up on Thursday because we tape that day. Got to find a place for him. Top of the hour on this Tuesday edition. We are presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel, where we were just a couple of nights ago. All right, we'll take the break. Coming right back. Omni Nashville Hotel. <laughs> 